But actually, if you just boil it down, it is just good business practice. Why wouldn't you want more energy efficient products to save you money on your, especially with the energy prices going up the way they are in the UK at the moment? And then when you look at the us, we should be putting our employees, our suppliers, our customers at the forefront. And then governance is just a framework around it. So it's just good business practice rather than someone's invented something that was all, you know, kind of nice and sexy and it'll be gone in a couple of years time. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance on the ESG report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. Today, I'm thrilled to have with me Fariel Khanbabi. She is the CEO of a company called Dialyte, and she has a really interesting professional story. And more importantly, for the ESG practitioner out there, some really interesting product services and thoughts around ESG. So with that introduction, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Arielle, could you tell us your professional background? Absolutely. I'm a chartered accountant, which is the equivalent of being a CPA in the U.S. I spent five years being the CFO at Dialyte before I was lucky enough to become the CEO. The week the world went into lockdown. So it was a real baptism of fire for me. I've worked in a lot of different industries. I've worked in oil and gas and shipping and media and retail. And also a lot of different ownership structures. I've taken a company public on the New York Stock Exchange. I've worked in M&A and also within a number of private equity environments. Dialyte's a real global company, and it's really important to have the breadth of experience to work across a number of different cultures. I actually grew up in Hong Kong. My parents were there for 33 years. I live in London now, but I spend most of the time on Virgin Atlantic Plain and in the U.S., which is our largest market. So I don't get the chance very often to visit with a chartered accountant who's moved into the CEO chair. So I certainly hope we can talk a little bit about leadership, how you came to leadership, how you see leadership perhaps differently than a other professional and educationally trained someone who might have an MBA or a law degree or a business degree or something else. First of all, could you tell us a little bit more about Dialyte? Who are your customers or customer base? And what are some of the products and services you bring to the market? Absolutely. So we're the global leader in sustainable LED lighting solutions for the industrial market. So anywhere there's a harsh environment, an oil refinery, a petrochemical plant, even a a paint plant, anywhere where there is some form of heavy industrial work going on. We've really provided the next generation of lighting solutions that deliver reduced energy consumption and most importantly, create a safer working environment. You know, this is an area I'm very passionate about and and leading a company within this space is super exciting. I mean, we see our customers who are very large global companies placing a much higher value on sustainability 
and products based on criteria such as circular economy, the carbon footprint, are all helping our customers hit their net zero targets. But you know what really excites me about the company I work in is we're doing our part to solve the global climate crisis. I mean, we have a huge challenge, much larger than the impact of COVID-19, and there is no vaccine for the climate crisis. And being a part of a company that is helping do that through technology is super powerful. I mean, if you look at our competitors and what we compete against, it's the old legacy lighting technologies. Our fixtures last five times longer. They don't contain toxic materials such as mercury. We emit two-thirds fewer carbon emissions than legacy lighting. And unlike our competitors that do have a, a portfolio of legacy lighting, we have 50 years of experience within this space. And one of the things that we've just done recently is get EPDs for all of our major product lines. So when a customer is buying our products, they know what the carbon emissions are for that fixture. And that helps them measure against their environmental mandates and helps meet their sustainability goals. You know, I was going to ask you the basic question of how does Dialight keep ESG at the forefront and help customers achieve their environmental goals. But now that I find out you're a chartered accountant and I see and hear your passion around this, I really want to ask when you sit down with customers or, so I grew up in the energy industry. So I'm at a petrochemical facility or a other facility that, that you would service. Can you sit down and talk to your clients about, it's not simply about hitting your goals. It's about measurement. Yeah. It's about the numbers. It's about scope one, scope two, scope three. And it's about having sustainability. But the thing I really appreciate about this, because I'm not an environmental expert, is once you can measure it, then you can begin to improve it. And the companies understand this is the first step in starting to have an overall compliance program around climate and that they can use these numbers to assess their exposure or their risk or their emissions, if that might even be a better term, and then help to drive those emissions down. Is that a discussion that you're having with your clients? Oh, absolutely. And that was very much why we went down the route of EPDs, because that's an independently verified certifying document. So it's very transparent in terms of what the environmental impact of our products are. These have been used quite a lot in some of the other industries, such as concrete, some construction, but it's, I don't think that there is any one of our competitors using this within the lighting space. And for me, I truly believe that you have to be able to measure something to really sell the benefit. And this was just us getting ahead of the curve because you're absolutely right. Lighting is just a no-brainer. They change their lighting. They're going to more energy efficient lighting. They're not producing harmful toxins. It's a very easy way to get to your scope one, scope two reductions. And I'm even going to say scope three, because yeah. if you have that discussion with your suppliers, you can begin to incorporate them into this as well. As certainly in the United States, there's a fair amount of debate around ESG. I don't know as the UK scene as well or the rest of the world, but the thing that excites me about ESG so much is I see quantitative skills being brought to areas in a holistic way for corporations. So now you have a board of directors 
and environmental has visibility into the board and you really begin to make changes, but it's based on data. And that's what I hear you saying. It's based on solid information that you can use. I actually see ESG as, as almost a business process because now an environmental scientist, environmental engineer, a sustainability officer can go to the board and say, these were our numbers. Here's our target. Here's how we're going to meet it. And we're going to monitor this on the way so that we have continuous improvement. Would that be a fair assessment? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I always tell our employees, I mean, you know, there's been such a buzz about ESG and it's talked so much about in the press. But actually, if you just boil it down, it is just good business practice. Why wouldn't you want more energy efficient products to save you money on your especially with the energy prices going up the way they are in the UK at the moment. And then when you look at the us, we should be putting our employees, our suppliers, our customers at the forefront. And then governance is just a framework around it. So it's just good business practice rather than someone's invented something that was all, you know, kind of nice and sexy and it'll be gone in a couple of years time. I could not have said that any better. In fact, I'm going to cut that out and use that in this podcast. That was great. You've used a term a couple of times. I want to explore that in a little more depth, and that's Environmental Protection Declaration, or you said EPD. Could you explain what an EPD is and how Dialyte uses EPDs? Yeah, absolutely. And we started doing these about two years ago. And and getting an independent agency to independently verify what the environmental impacts of all of our major product lines were. And, you know, where we focused a lot on was on the materials that we use in our major products. And this has really helped us understand what do we want to use for our next generation of products. And it's just given us an incredible amount of learning. So how are you able to incorporate this into your frankly, your overall sales program. And is that something that is persuasive when you go to the market? Absolutely. We are working on the first fully recyclable product within the industrial market. And actually, a lot of the information that came from our EPDs has helped shape what materials we've chosen for that product line. It's not launching till next year. But for me, if you have a product that saves you energy, but it ends up in a landfill at the end of its life, well, that's not very environmentally friendly. So looking at ways that we can recycle the full product and also looking at responsible ways to dispose of existing fixtures is really helping steer our next generation of technology. And we're also collaborating with key customers so that they can look at our products and then ones where sustainability is high up on their agenda. And that's been a real win for us. I was so glad you mentioned sustainability because one of the things that I see sustainability touching is the following. I talk to a lot of business leaders who say that their biggest challenge is employee recruitment, employee acquisition, and employee retention. And that for many people coming into the workforce, sustainability, environmental, and governance is a key goal. And I was wondering how you're able to incorporate that message directly into Dialyte when you have to go into the market. Absolutely. And, you know, protecting your people and environment is just 
key. I mean, when you look at the next generation of employees that you're trying to get into the company, well, you know what? They don't want to work for a company that doesn't have some sort of social conscience or isn't doing something to help the environment. And I mean, we are the most sustainable lighting company out there. But one of the things that we did in 2020 is we set up a foundation. And that was really to support the communities where we do business in. And we have a lot of employee engagement around these initiatives. We've partnered with the Women's Earth Alliance, and we did a lot of initiatives related to COVID. We're trying to increase the opportunities for women within the industrial sector. And, you know, our employees are really passionate about making a difference. We provide volunteer time off so that with all the officers around the world and they can decide what is what they're passionate about and, and go and volunteer. But it's also about just keeping ESG on top of mind for all of our employees. We've done training, we do communications, we do company-wide meetings. Uh, so it's not rocket science. It's about getting your employees involved, educating them why this just makes good business sense and really making them feel part of the journey. And I think ultimately we all want to leave this world knowing that we've made a difference in some small way and leaving it better than it was when we came in. So many of the listeners to this podcast come from the compliance world. And if I can translate that into compliance speak, they would say, you don't have culture without engagement. And I heard you talk about engagement, 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 and engagement drives culture. And that drives how employee retention, employee acquisition, but also it drives your business. I read that Dialight has a goal to be net zero by 2040. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that goal and the steps you are taking around that. Absolutely. We're currently in the process of submitting our science-based target initiatives. We have audited all of our sites to really understand where the opportunities exist to upgrade the equipment, what are the most energy efficient options available, and really exploring the impact of renewables in each one of our locations. We've also conducted a climate-related risk assessment, and that's part of our TCFD guidelines. And we're using this information to scenario plan and keeping the environment and the climate risk at the forefront of our short-term and, frankly, medium and long-term business planning. And then I've already talked about from a product stand, you know, we're focusing on reducing the weight, looking at the materials that we use, and really seeing how we can bring that fully recyclable product to the market. And as an environmentally friendly LED lighting company, it's all about improving the safety and well-being of people that work in these harsh environments. Because if your lighting doesn't work in these environments, someone gets hurt or someone gets killed. And, you know, ultimately, the well-being of your people is top priority. Wow. You even managed to bring in safety. And as I said, I come out of the energy industry. So safety is is something I've been dealing with for a long, long time. And I see safety as a part of the S and you've managed to hit all of my buttons. So, uh, wow. And I guess one of the things that strikes me listening to you, Fariel, is that 
the discussions you're having with your client base is that many of them are in industries that are not traditionally seen to be either environmentally conscious or considering the E and ESG. Other thing I'm hearing is that there's a lot of people in energy. I mentioned cement. You mentioned various types of customer base you have that are thinking about these things and they're actually doing something. And it strikes me that there's a lot more dialogue about the E and ESG than perhaps many people realize. Will that also be something that you're experiencing at your company? Absolutely. And that's why, you know, I'm so passionate about the work that we do at Dialight because changing your lighting to something more energy efficient is just a no-brainer to help meet that net zero target. You can do it with relatively little expense. And, you know, we should all be looking at our own internal operations and getting them more sustainable. Can I ask you to maybe look down the road to 2025 or maybe even 2030? And where do you see Dialight in this discussion down the road? As a leader within this space, I mean, we are the only pure LED company within the lighting space. But we're not just selling fixtures, we're selling technology and and we're helping, we're partnering with our customers to help them achieve their net zero targets because we're all going to have a mandate. Every company is going to have a mandate to that in the coming years. You know, I'm going to add to that, that you're also part of the thought leadership with your foundation, things like this, and, and helping to get this message out in a way that perhaps companies haven't thought about before. Unfortunately, we are now at the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering before we go, if listeners wanted any more information on Dialight or your, yourself, what would be the best place for them to go? Um, to go to the website, it's dialight.com, and there's a whole host of information and work on the on foundation. We've launched our own ESG report last year. We're due to launch another one in the coming months. Once again, you've sold yourself way too short. For anybody mm-hmm. listening or seeing this podcast, there's a ton of resources. I would encourage you to go check it out. There's a, a lot of articles that I've used in referencing other work. So I hope we can continue this conversation. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me.